Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected, yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson! Welcome! Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm so excited. We've got our first comedian on the show today. I'm super psyched. I am your hostess, Jenna Grayson, and uh, I am both a comedian, comic stand-up person, as well as a, a hypnotherapist. So that's where we got the hypnotic comic. But this is our first show where we get to talk to another comedian and explore that whole world and get a little vulnerable and like, what is this that we're doing and what does it take? And there's so many people that want to do stand-up comedy but don't actually ever, ever actually do it. So I'm excited to have on the show today a dear friend and beautiful human being, Monique Jones. A little bit about Monique before we bring her in. I'm going to clear my throat because this is VIP time. Monique Jones uh, began doing comedy at the Groundlings in Los Angeles, where she honed her naturally hilarious writing and improv skills. And she wrote a groundbreaking one-woman show that showcased at the HBO Workspace and has done sketch and improv shows with various companies around Los Angeles. Although she's not from L.A., but we'll get to that. Monique's life took a few unexpected wild turns that we're going to chat about. And after overcoming some intimate personal struggles, she found herself ready to tackle and take on stand-up comedy. And she has been on the fast track to stardom ever since. She is a regular at the Comedy Store in Hollywood where I met her, and she co-hosts a weekly podcast called My First Time. She will be be performing next on February 27th in the famous Belly Room at the Comedy Store in West Hollywood. Let us all offer a warm welcome to Miss Monique Jones. Welcome, Wow, thank you. What an intro, man. (laughs) I'll, I'll go. I'll go check her out. Who is that girl? Like what? I know, right? <laughs> uh, the regular at the comedy store. Let's just. Uh, I know where I stand. I'm. I'm new. I'm like, if you're a regular at the comedy store, your name's probably on the wall, or you're a paid regular. I'm not quite there yet, but I do perform there regularly. So thank you for that. Can we just say you perform regularly? I'm. I, you don't have okay. to be so humble. Come on, you're making I, me look good too. I, I'm just saying. I know where I stand, man. I know where I stand. I'm trying you to make know? myself look good here too, Monique. <laughs> I'm a freshman. I'm a freshman. I'm not. I'm not a senior. I haven't graduated, but yeah, I'm learning. It's it's amazing. All right, the wild ride. That. I'll accept yes. that, but I have to also just say in your in your favor, I know that you're a humble you're a humble servant, uh, like the Dalai Lama. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just a humble servant. Okay. 
right. I'm, I'm not quoting you, but that's okay. Um, but uh, I know you're humble. And also at the same time, I, I've seen your show and I've seen um, a lot of uh, videos online and things that you're doing. And you're freaking hilarious, girl. And oh, you're also really hitting the pavement and really putting yourself out there. And as I told you, um, I, I believe strongly I'm going to look back on this in a year and be like, I interviewed Monique Jones. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> to think about. Not your whole. That's not true. <laughs> you can open for me. It's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, great. I feel like in a year you're going to be like, can you just speak with my um, manager? And I'll be like, okay, well, at least we got that interview back in January. <laughs> <laughs> never never okay, lose gra- the humility i'm grabbing a hold of you now yeah that's what they all say but i mean not to say that you won't be humble but like you, people get busy you know people get busy and then you they they like they you know they have to yeah. prioritize i can't imagine stuff. that it's crazy to be that busy to not talk to someone that you were talking to easily <laughs> a year ago you know what I mean like I I hope to never be that busy and if I am someone just slap me in the face like that's just not right we got this recorded I I will okay yes please (laughs) if I slap you in a year I'm gonna refer back to this recording and be like you told me girl slap you in the face (laughs) slapping you up I don't think that person's going to be that funny. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta have, you got to be really humble to be funny, in my opinion. Yeah. Once you're you know, too busy, I don't know. I'm not Even Kevin names, Hart, but, he's busy, but he seems oh, humble. Yeah, but you can be humble. I, I also connected with Theo Vaughn, and he's a regular at the comedy store, too, and I was like, um, trying to talk to him, and we have a mutual friend out side of comedy and he was like he was super duper humble and super yeah. duper com- kind yeah. but he also gave me the email of his manager okay. you know okay yeah, yeah I, I know. that does make sense because i i follow yeah. him uh he's a good southern guy we have a lot in yes. common as far as sobriety and southern and all this stuff cool. and yeah he seemed very real and humble but i could see where you get a lot of lot coming at you and you have to kind of delegate yeah. you know yeah exactly I, can, I think that's I a good that. word it's a good right. word it's a good and he was genuine I could tell he had yeah. that southern genuineness that was like I was literally like looking at the wall at the comedy store and I was like because I had talked to him before and I was like Theo's Bond name's on the wall like I was so <laughs> happy for him and then I like felt like oh I'm so important because I know Theo Vaughn and then right he just walked right up and I got all like starstruck even though like, yeah before that and he was like hi and I was like wow this is not real doesn't sound <laughs> like a real story even telling it I was looking at his name on the wall he walked up and I was like oh gosh I want to talk to you about the um, I was actually talking to him about his podcast at the time, but nevertheless, um, he, he was really kind and warm and yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's bring it back to you, girl. So you brought up that you, as a, we can, as a segue, uh, <laughs> you were talking about that you and Theo Vaughn are both from the South and mm-hmm. both on a path of sobriety. And those are both things that I'm interested to talk to you about, um, so do you, would you mind telling us a little bit about your journey specifically with sobriety and how that's with sobriety? Related? Yeah, how that's related to comedy? Yeah, uh, yeah. I it's I mean I I I got into comedy 
before I got sober, but it just, I couldn't sustain anything being drinking. Like I, it just, it was a, it's a progressive disease, they say. But, uh, and so in the beginning I, I was fine and I could do the groundlings and groundlings is tough, man. And, and it's a lot of work and I got through to the writing lab and that's a lot of work. And, uh, and that was sustainable, but I had the alcoholic brain. So even if you're not drinking, you, you have this, all these isms and I had a lot of ego and a lot of fear and they wanted to repeat me for the writing lab, which either you pass or you fail. If you get repeated, it's because they unanimously voted to repeat you. So that's a beautiful thing. But my little ego or big ego was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that again. Like, whatever, I'm going to go do a one-woman show and blah, blah, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I should have, like, looking back, like, I should have stayed the course. Or if I was sober and had you know, a community to, to guide me, a sponsor, to someone to bounce off of, I probably would have repeated and and stayed humble. But that little, that voice was so loud and I went and I did a one-woman show. But then I, you know, I got into, and I did well, you know, went to the HBO workspace and things were starting to pop. And then I just, I got into hanging out and doing all the fun stuff and not doing the work. And it just, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And so I finally, I guess the, if we're going down that road, like I got a DUI and finally, like I should have gotten one a long time ago, but you know, Mm -hmm. and then that humbled me and, and it, uh, it also broke me, you know, breaking you humbles you, but but I was on my way to uh, to live in Austin because I was done with L.A. L.A. And it was all about L.A., not me, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I got my DUI right before I moved to Austin, moved to Austin, waited for four months to come back to do all my DUI courses and figure it out. Realized that Austin wasn't – it was great. It was a great experience, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. And when I got back, I, I had to kind of house sit, dog sit, bounce around, live with friends, and fulfill all my my DUI stuff. And then four days, I was I, I didn't have any, you know, I, I don't know, I couldn't find a good job. I'd given up my massage business. I'm a massage therapist, and before mm-hmm. I moved to Austin, I had I'd given up all my clients to a friend. So I was sort of like. I had nothing and I, I just couldn't figure it out. So I was like, all right, I'll go home and regroup. And four days before I got home, was going home, I was raped. <laughs> and so that, Whoa. Just, wow. wow. Yeah. Like, mm. like kick a girl when she's down type of thing. Like it was, mm. uh, it yeah. was, it was not, it was not good obviously, but yeah, it was, I right. had just fulfilled everything, like paid off the DUI stuff, done all my classes and then boom, that happened. And it was, you know, it was just weird because it's emotionally just a trauma shock. Like, you don't know Absolutely. what to do Absolutely. when you're in that situation, you know. And and it was, you know, I was living at a friend's house and it was their friend who was staying with us. And we were, I was babysitting the kids and he had been drinking all day. And, and I had a couple drinks, but I wasn't drinking alcoholically that night, you know, because I, I could... I didn't always drink alcoholically, but, you know, like, I was babysitting. I had a couple glasses of wine, and then I don't remember. <laughs> like, so I was – he drugged me, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, oh. it was crazy. It woke up oh. during it. Because of my tolerance no. <laughs> of alcohol, I guess that, you know, typically you don't wake up during whatever. I woke up during it and was like, what is going on? It was crazy. And the next day, you know, it was weird. And, and he, uh, I don't know, that I didn't know we were going to get totally into this, but whatever, I will. And, um, you know, he was, like, I, I, you know he was like, I want to I wanna talk to you about last night. And I woke up like, I didn't know where, where I was, what had happened. It was like, I had to. It was like a, then I had a flashback of what happened and I was like, oh, and then I could feel what happened. It was just this weird, strange thing. And he comes and knocks on my door. He's like, I want to talk about last night. And I was like, what do you, what, you raped me. And he's like, no, honey, you wanted it. I was like, whoa. And when you're like in that situation, like as an actor too, like all the, like I'm watching this psychopath he was like no you gave me all the signs you wanted it and I was like what are you talking like you're married you're at five kids you're my friend's best friend from high school I was we were babysitting you know like no I no not even if I was like you were single I wouldn't want to be with you know whatever anyway yeah. so it was just a very strange to go home to North Carolina and like br- just broken you know like and mm. so the couple months that I was going to be there to regroup, I was there for like a year and eight months maybe or something. It was a lot to mm-hmm. live in the basement at your mom's house as a grown adult. It was... Dang. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Weird. But, you know, then I I just... But then that turned up my alcoholism, man. Like, I, I escaped. I was like... Because I wanted... Like, honestly, and for whoever's listening, like, I would... I wanted to die. Like I was dead. I was broken, dead. And I, I had a lot of like, you know, PTSD stuff. And like, I couldn't get anything under control, like emotionally. And so I went and I got, you know, antidepressants and Ativan or, you know, and just got mm-hmm. and started working again, waiting tables again after seven years of not waiting tables. Like I was humbled living at home with my mom. I left when I was 18, you know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah. it was humbling. But, yeah, oh so I just, you know, had to kind of start getting right with making a little money, putting some money away, getting, and I knew I was going back mm-hmm. to L.A., but I just, and I also knew I had to get sober, but I couldn't do it in North Carolina. Like, I had this, like, weird pride thing. Like, my brother was sober. My mom's not. I wanted her, like, if she, if I had to quit drinking, she had to quit, quit drinking, in my head. Like, it's right. not about her, you know, it's about me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, I got the opportunity to come back to L.A. and, and like, house it for two months. So, it kind of gave me that, like, okay, I don't have to pay rent. I can get back here. I know people. I'll figure it out. I got back to L.A. took me a year to finally get sober. I'd been listening to, um, I love Mark Marin's podcast, WTF, and, He's sober. He talks about sobriety a lot. And just just to hear him, and I loved comedy, of course, and I'd always been itching to do stand-up, but I was mm-hmm. always so scared. And mm-hmm. and just all that, like, culminated, and I finally was, like, to the breaking, a breaking point. And a friend of mine, you know, had put on Facebook that he had been sober for over a year, and he felt so great. And I was like, all right. I called him, and he, you know, he got me to meetings and finally just you know you're broken enough you're humbled enough I just surrendered I was like I can't 
I had put on like 50 pounds. I was wow. waiting tables. I wasn't wow. living at all. I was just surviving, like drinking, yeah. waiting tables and overweight, like just was, you know, I was like either die or figure out how to live because I didn't, totally. you know. Absolutely. So I love that. Either die or figure out how to live. Yeah, There's a man. show right there, you know. There's a show waiting to be born. I want to write right. that down. I'm like, I'm writing that down right now. Either die or figure out. I'm like shaking. Either die or figure out. Yeah, like, that's really, how I felt. I know. I relate to all of that. And I really just hear, like, there's just such an intensity of pain in being human sometimes that we're yeah. like, what WTF? are we supposed to do with all of this? And is this just a place of me being tormented or tortured? Or is there something positive on the other side of this? And what can I do with this to get out of the the mud, get out of the gutter right. of life when life just is beating you down? And um, Well, interestingly enough, you're a hypnotherapist. I was like, I, I was so prideful. Like I wasn't going to be an alcoholic. I was just going to quit drinking and I was going to be fine. Not understanding fine. that it's not yeah. about the alcohol. It's my brain. And yeah. I did, I got hypnotized and it worked for nice. three months and it, 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 it curbed like the obsession of the mind, but it didn't give mm. me tools and, and a community. And that's what I needed. Yeah. You know, I needed support. And so after three months I drank again, very alcoholically and then I finally got to AA and and found and like just was so humbled that I was like just tell me what to do I'll do it I'll listen I'm not better than anybody I don't know more Uh you know I don't I was so like I don't want to know I I want you to tell me I was so sick of knowing thinking I knew and I was old enough to finally go I don't know shit you know what I mean like that's sometimes just the most powerful place to be is when you're like totally defenseless, you know, and yeah. totally like yeah. a wet noodle. Like I got to mm-hmm. do this differently. I got to do this completely differently. And my, I, you know, my way isn't always when you come to that place of like my way is not working. My way is not, not working. working all the time. Yeah. I got to, I got to find something bigger and larger and, um, I want to go into that with you, too, coming into that place of finding the bigger and larger. And I also want to just say, as a hypnotherapist, that, um, you know, if people are interested, I have had people ask me to hypnotize them for alcoholism and other kinds of addictions, but I won't do it. And I don't think it's ethical for hypnotherapists to hypnotize um, people dealing with addictions other than cigarette smoking because it really does require all of those parts. It really does require the change of environment and the, the ongoing support system and community. Well, it's cool that yeah. you know that. Yeah. I do. And I'll tell you real quick why I know, because I worked at one of those Malibu, the super duper expensive Malibu full in, not inpatient, but um, residential treatment centers in a big mansion that back about, um, 11 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago, I worked in this big mansion in Malibu. I'm not going to drop any names, but people were paying back <laughs> then about $60,000 to have a shared room. If you wanted your own room, you'd need right. to double that right. for a month. And people were coming and going and they would be, they'd finish the 30, 30 days and then they would come back again. And so it was like, even in the highest paid, the yeah. biggest yeah. community, the best of the best, right. like, 
we got the best freaking everything. Uh-huh. We got the best food, the best view, the best, you know, therapists, the best right. meditation instructors, the best meetings, like everything. And like, it, I'm like, this, that's serious, you know, and, and people died. And I saw, I didn't see people uh, die, but I knew people yeah, that were yeah. coming and going and that, that I would hear and they would have one-on-ones, like, you know, they would have like a, a person be with them all the time. I remember there was one guy in particular yeah. And these are like wealthy, freaking, yeah. you know, very successful, powerful people. And so I was like, I'm not taking that shit on by myself. No, you know? it doesn't discriminate, man. You can't pay for this. Like, a, That's I right. go to AA, I, whatever twelve step program or, or program works for you. But like, it, you, the coolest thing is like you're in this room with people who just give their first name. You, if you're lucky, yeah. you don't see the car that they've driven up in or or parked. You know, like. You're just yeah. like, it's just this bait. We're all the same, man. And you find the yeah. similarity in people. Like, it's it's amazing what it did and how it, it just, it gave me like, like I could see where I could be better because I heard stories that were way less, way, you know, you shouldn't compare, but they were like, people were homeless. They didn't have teeth. They were in jail. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to that point, but I felt like I did in the sense of I I was dead inside. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And you could probably see yourself as with that potential. Like, yeah, the, going, all the feelings. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Who super. knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I've never said that before. If I keep going, I'm gonna be toothless. I'm going to be toothless. <laughs> but I'll say, I'll say, if you're sitting next to someone in a meeting with perfect teeth, they were probably addicted to meth. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Is, that the one? Is that right? Because they got a new grill. They got a new grill. That, that shit is all those veneers oh. because they lost their teeth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they're like, yeah, yours was meth, honey. I, I know. Pinot Grigio over here, meth over there. Yep. <laughs> or they're either, either their teeth are super perfect or they're like ground down two little nubs. You're like, Dead giveaway there, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was man. like, oh, is that the drug that gives you good teeth? That's what I was thinking. Of no, was it's like, the one that where you got to go get some new ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing so much. Thank you so much for all of your vulnerability and, um, you know, I know that it's not easy to share, especially publicly, but it's so helpful, you know, for people to be able to hear that we can have experiences that are like, there's no turning this around, you know, I'm dead on the inside and there's no way, there's no hope, I'm depressed and I should be dead, right. and, you know, and then you turn around and, and you're really growing and prospering and thriving and contributing and surrendering to something bigger than yourself and um I think sometimes in those places of like that that like complete like you know you could call it like an ego death I know like in spiritual Uh circles ego death right where it's like Monique Jones has left the building and Uh you know and something new has to come in and it's not that like you totally die but a, a real aspect oh you do (laughs) yeah no there's a lot of there's a lot of death I mean, it, and I yeah. and I will say, like, the reason I want to talk about it, it's not just for me because it does help 
helped me to, once you put something out there, you feel lighter, but like it's to help sure. someone else because I looked on the internet, I, I asked around, because when, especially with rape, like it's not something, it's not like you went and broke your leg and someone sees you like, oh, you know, you got your cast off, oh, you, no more crutches, okay, you're, you know, it's like they, they can mm. see you healing, they know something, but like if something happens to you, like, like rape, you're like, you're kind of lost. You know, like, and yeah. people who even know it happened to you, they forget or they don't want to bring it up and they don't want to. So you're just sitting there yeah. in silence. And I remember looking online, just like, I needed to to know someone got married after this. Someone yeah. had a boyfriend after this. Like, you're just like, mm-hmm. am I, am I damaged forever? Like, am I, and it's a, Fucked. it's like, you know, like, like yeah. And then you see these people who are willing to talk about it, who have gotten through it, and 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 they're like, and you're like, okay, I can too. They give you hope, and if anything, that's that's why I'm talking about it. I mean, I'm not some, I'm not married right now, and I, but I'm I'm in a place where I'm open to a relationship. I'm not scared. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I've done enough work. There's been enough time, and and it's just, and man, it's just, you know, you got to work. You got to you got to go and, and talk to people, get help, and, and don't yeah. keep it inside. Don't keep it inside, you know? That's great. Yeah, and it sounds like it's a journey, too, you know? That's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. from you, too, is, like, even with the metaphor of the broken leg, it's, like, there's still going to be times when you step on your foot and you're, like, okay, that didn't Ooh, feel good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like, not, Ooh, it's still there a little bit. It's not know? a perfect leg anymore, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's it's something you have to care for in a new way and be a little mm-hmm. bit more careful and concerned and loving and, and exactly uh, take right. care of yourself in a new way. But you are um, out in the world and you're dating and you're enjoying and, and doing stand-up comedy, which really just takes tr- such a tremendous amount of courage and and anytime people tell me like oh my gosh you do stand up that takes so much courage I'm like it really does like I'm not like oh thanks or oh no it doesn't I'm like oh no I'm aware it takes <laughs> it so a does. lot of courage it does you don't know what I go through especially the day of a show I'm like I am not in a good place for right. this kind of work. And like, then by the end of it, I'm like, ah, rock and roll. Right. Yeah. Your meditation <laughs> skills have, like, are off the charts now. Like, mine are. I'm like, I know how, I know how to meditate. I know how to let go, surrender. Because yeah. that's what you, you have to do to be able to you just have to. get up there. And, and you know, that's it right. gets gets easier, but then it gets harder in other ways. Because that's you're right. like, now I've done my eight. 10 minutes, I got to do 15. Now I got to do 20, you know? So it's always That's right. It's another growth. Yeah. Yeah. But really, I think, you know, people like you and I, that's the kind of stuff we've signed up for, you know, like we're here mm-hmm. incarnated into these bodies in order to take it on and to be like, all right, crack me open. Give me a little bit of trauma over here, a little bit mm-hmm. of alcoholism over there. And like, let the, let what is that something bigger that I want to ask you to define what that is for you to let that something bigger move through and be of service and let me face these fears and do it in a bigger and bigger and bigger way. Let's do this. Let's play this game. Right. Well, I mean, 
I'm a yeah. massage therapist, and um, it happened to me. I wasn't. I'd probably had maybe one massage before I went to school for it, but a friend of mine was like, "Love, I'm never gonna wait tables again. <laughs> I'm doing. Yeah. What do you do? I'm gonna do it." do this massage course and I did it and it stuck. It was something that I, and I learned through that, 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 that your massage that you receive is because of you. It's not about me and that I'm a conduit and I am a vessel of, for this energy. And, and I learned the tools, right? I learned the skill and then I follow your muscle and your, you know, and, and I just, I let go and I just, it's not about me because if it's about me, then I'm, then I'm digging in, you know, I'm going to fix you and I can't fix you. You have to <laughs> receive that. And so that's how I've, I've looked at everything when I'm in my right space and I take my ego out of it. That's what, that's what comedy is. That's what getting in front of people is like, I'm a vessel, man. I'm a, I'm a special vessel. <laughs> and like, special vessel. than me it's not like the best ones I'm not trying to come up with something funny it just happens and I'm like that's mm-hmm. cool I'm writing that down and <laughs> then I put it all together and I go all right God I say God you can say universe higher power and then mm-hmm. I just say use me you know like it's not mm-hmm. about me anymore and and when I can do that and I and it doesn't happen all the time right but when I'm in that space we're it, it's fire man it's fun it's like because then I don't have to work right I've done the work and now I just can be free and then I can then it's not about me so that makes me want to do it again because somebody laughed and someone said you know you made my night and I'm what I did well it wasn't me it wasn't me because if I think it's me then I'm too big for my britches then I then I can't work you know it's got to be and then you got to figure out me. how to do it again. What did yeah. you do right? And how do you make it right again for the next person? And how do you control it all? And that's just crazy making. It's yeah. Because it, I think you really have to be, I mean, to me at least, I think you really have to be on that kind of a journey in order to maintain your own sense of stability and sanity and, like, get a hold of those ego thoughts that come up that are, like, how do I control this? How do I make it work? How do I make them laugh? So well, that is that's a lot crazy. of good AA stuff that happened. Because I didn't start doing stand-up until I was five months sober. And, you uh-huh. know, in AA, they want you to get out of yourself because we're so self-involved. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. we want to we anesthetize. We want to reach outside of ourselves to to feel better where... We're really, the way you feel better is being of service. Go help somebody right. else. Get outside That's of your right. brain. They say move a muscle, change a thought. You know, like, mm. go do. Stop thinking and pray and meditate. It's part of the steps, mm. you know. Call right. call somebody else. when you Your first thought is not your own. They say just let that one go and then wait for the next few thoughts. Because your first thought is, I, I want to stay in bed. I'm tired. No, well, mm-hmm. that's that's the ego. That's the you know, and then you just have to like get no nope, child I, inside, right? And just say yes and keep showing up and and be guided by what's happening. Like what started Beautiful. happening was people were like, "Hey, you want to do this show?" or 
hey, I thought you were funny, which gave me confidence to go, okay, maybe I am. Because, man, if I let my ego and myself get involved, I'm the worst person. I stink. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I, you know, like, mm-hmm. don't let, I know. do not let that person on stage <laughs> ever. <laughs> that is not okay. a comedy show. That is not funny. That is no not one's funny. coming to see that. No. That's true, but you know, I I also really like those places where it's like we can also bring like the truth of our vulnerability yeah. of our humanity. Yeah. Like I also want to bring that, you know, it's a, it's a dance, yeah. right? It's a dance to just be like I'm up here as a representative of the comedy of life, and at the same uh-huh. time, I'm totally human, and I have all of these thoughts that you have too. I have all right. of these insecurities and self-doubts and questions right. that you all do too so can we just laugh about that yeah what a great yeah. opportunity right like what a freaking gift well, that's we the, can bring those are the comics i'm attracted to like you Me brought too. up theo vaughn totally yeah. into his comedy because he he just talks about his life and his, his self and it's cr- his crazy mind makes it hilarious you know and, exactly and he's exactly. humble and like Bobby Lee talks about being molested, you know, like, how do you make stuff like that funny? But he's so far away from it that he's not in it and he can talk about it. So he brings you in because, dude, you've been there. Somebody's been there and they they can get some relief. I'm not sure how to make rape funny yet, but there are. I'll figure out some way to. Yeah, you know, there are Silverman like, jokes about rape, but I don't think she's been raped. It's different. But that's just the best. I think if we can really take our pains and turn them around into comedy, I think that's so much of what we're looking to do is to, like, bring relief to the pain. Like, even if we yeah. haven't all had that specific experience of being molested or being raped or being addicted to a substance, we know what it feels like to be traumatized we know what it feels yeah. like to be beaten down to feel like a victim to feel yep. like there's no hope to feel totally alone and to be able to laugh and join in somebody saying I've been right. there and I'm uh-huh. willing to rise above it at least for a moment with you let's rise above it together and find some humor in this this you know often painful life experience yeah, so change the so energy around it, change the vibration around it, because it's such exactly. darkness exactly. brings some light to it, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, too, um, one of the things that I love about comedy is that everybody laughs everywhere in the world. There is this natural impulse or instinct that is inherent within every human being that we laugh. Our belly yeah. convulse, our face goes into a smile, and mm-hmm. there's relief, and there's sound that comes out, and it's a universal language, and it brings people together. You know, it unites yep. people from all different languages and cultures and stories and backgrounds and histories and identities and egos and things like that but you know it just brings us together in a place where we can freaking release release or now it's my new it's my new drug you know it's my high now because i don't you know i don't go grab the easy high that stopped working after a while you know like a drink or some adderall or whatever you know like (laughs) (laughs) and i grabbed a lot of that adderall um, but oh, shoot. It's, when you start getting fat on Adderall, it's not 
not working. You got a problem. Uh, <laughs> so, That's hilarious. Yeah. That's great. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. But, that happens. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, like, now I have to work for my high, and that you is do. awesome. And the fear of, like, and the nerves, and I try not to call it fear. Like, I, I don't allow it. Like, I just say, this is excitement, and these are feelings, Monique. Feelings. Remember those? <laughs> they were shut down for so long, and then I go, God, this is what it feels like to be alive, because for a while, I just wasn't alive, you know, it was just mm-hmm. whatever. And and so anyway, that's the biggest high I've ever had is, is getting off stage and having people like, yeah, you know, like even just when they announce your name and people are like clapping <laughs> and you're like, what? No, <laughs> I know. Amazing. I'm like, you haven't even heard me do anything yet. <laughs> Welcome onto the stage for some reason. Right? And I'm at the comedy store. Like, what <laughs> yeah. is my life? But that's exactly. amazing. Like, to go, wow. Yeah. I got sober. I got clear. I got humble. And I have to stay humble every day and keep, keep like, moving my feet. I'm going to a meeting at one right now at the um, the comedy store, actually. There's meetings that's during awesome. the day. That yeah. Oh is it other but comics that are there? Are there a lot there, of yeah. sober no, comics? No, there's, there's regular people because <laughs> yeah. comics aren't regular. But, I mean, yeah, there's comics, there's regular people. It's not like everyone there, all the comics go to the comedy store. But I, I think a comedian uh, started it there, like got the space. And cool. Was like, That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, some people talk about that comedians, like, are the most fill-in-the-blank people. Like, co- comedians are all depressed. <laughs> or they're the most depressed, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder about that. And what is your sense about that? Like, do you think we have more problems than other people? Or do you think we've just found a way to express our pain in a funny way? What do you think about that? I mean, look, I I think you can't, like, if you're going to be really funny, you're probably really sad, too. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the, you know, it's dark and light. Like I'm, the, I'm like, oh, the hilarious. Funnier, the funnier you are, the more fucked up your life has been. Probably, <laughs> I don't know. But that, that's a general that's statement. But, gonna, but I'm going to be really analytical. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, what if you're making me laugh? Yeah. I, it's because I feel your pain, and you're like, I've connected to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there are, are people who are joke writers, and maybe they haven't had as much pain, but they're clever, and that doesn't get me. Like, you yeah. get me when you, like, tell me a story, and you, it doesn't have to be, like, painful story, but I can, I know that you've, I connect to you, because I've been through some shit, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. I, that's just my, I don't know, I can speak for myself, I think, um, right. I was worried that when I got sober, I wouldn't be funny. Um, yeah. Which is so sure. interesting because I did voiceover for a while and, like, I mm-hmm. was drinking at the time. And, like, I would listen back to, like, what I would send in for my auditions. And I was like, hi, how are you? Yeah. Well, anyway, buy <laughs> this. I, I'm like, 
What is that? Like, that was someone who had a little too much to drink and and decided to do an audition. Yeah, I'm thinking she's good. Yeah, like, what? So that's what I would... And then I watched comics go on stage drunk, and I'm like, it's not funny. But I saw saw you... I've seen you do that sober, and that's funny. It's like your energy is... You're at a higher vibration when when you're sober, you know, when you don't... And it just... You're able to be more clear, and so it, that was a crutch of mine to think that it was like a reason, another yeah. reason to keep drinking. Ah, yeah, <clears throat> you know what I mean. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering now too. Like, maybe it's not that comics have more pain, but it's like we have a way that we know we have to face it in order to have the courage to go on stage and to get sort of vulnerable about it. It, like you have to be willing to do some inner work and be like, okay, so this shit happened to me. But I think we've all had stuff happen to us that's like that shouldn't happen to anybody. But it's happening and it's happened and it's hard to face it. But to get on stage and to get a whole room to A, laugh and B, laugh at you, like you have to be willing to really get honest and vulnerable and look at your own life experiences and pain and things. And I think that's, you know, it's I think that's some of the best. Yes, it is healing. It's healing for the comic and it's healing for the audience to be like, oh, thank God. Not the yeah. only one. Not the only yeah. one. Not the only but, one. But hopefully <clears throat> they're able to make it funny or it's it's not healing. It's just sad. And it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you've seen that totally. person. Like, you have had a hard life, but you haven't figured out how to make it funny yet. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's that saying, too, that you shouldn't speak, you know, I think they mean on stage, but, like, you shouldn't essentially speak about things you're still bleeding from, you know? Yeah, I kind of get a little time away from it. Yeah, you got to get some time away from it. And if it hurts you when you're standing up there to talk about yeah. it, then that might be an indication. Oh, yeah. This, Absolutely. You're clear. Wait yeah, a little longer. Just- <laughs> or even if you're not sad, you're still just so angry, then you're just angry and it's sometimes yeah. not funny, but if you're just angry and you can't like, like I had my car stolen and people were oh. like, oh, this is going to be great material. And I was like, no, the fuck it's not, you know, I was so pissed. <laughs> like nobody takes my car. Of course. And, you know, of you course. have this is like, yeah, I need a, I need a step, I guess need some time because this is definitely not funny. I know. Um, and here we are laughing. I mean, I'm laughing. I'm laughing hilarious. at you, but, you know, now no, it's funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it back. Time. I got it back. And what but, about, uh, oh, that's, oh, you got your car go back. No, yeah, I got it back. It just, you know, you had $3,000 of damage. It was just stupid. But anyway, yeah, it's, yeah, uh. It's Whatever that I'll, I've talked about it on stage, but like it's funny. Like when you're new at this, like just to walk up and talk about something on stage that boom just came to your mind is really scary. Because at first, mm. when you're new, you're like, I want to just do my set that I I know works, and so now I'm finally getting that kind of like, oh, I can just talk about whatever you know, a little thing, and mm-hmm. it's an interesting trip. Trust myself because it's no different than talking to you and you laugh about it. It's just a few more people <laughs> and a microphone. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you got to just like focus and try to just stay focused on that was funny. 
at least to some of the people here, and I just got to keep rolling and not focus too much on if some people didn't find that right. to be funny. Yeah. But it's all a learning process for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, you brought up this idea that, um, <clears throat> or your experience that comedy has been the best high you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's a low that comes with it? Like, do you think yeah. there's like a boomerang or what would that be called? A rubber band effect? <clears throat> there's Excuse me. definitely what goes up must come down. I was asking someone yeah. the other day, and they're a musician. And I was like, do you, you know, the the high you feel afterwards, do you get that low like the next day or the day after same with like ecstasy or mushrooms it it uses all your serotonin and then you're depleted and then the day after the day is the worst like the next day you're still running on some drugs or whatever you know adrenaline yeah that next day you're like out of it and i've i've felt that way with comedy i felt like with santa like and had such a good high and then Two days later, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to do that again? Like, I have to. <laughs> wow, that's a lot, you know? I know. Like, me too. Me too. Or I'm just like, nobody cares about me anymore. Where are all my people? Or I did I'm it. all and alone. It's done. Is that it? Like, did I just yeah. do it and now it's over? No, honey, you just began. Because that's why I watch. Uh, I dug deep over the holidays into comedians and their podcasts because I want to hear them talk about the road and, and, you know, doing an hour and doing mm-hmm. two hours in the same day, meeting their, uh, you know, fans, taking pictures. It's a lot of energy. And, That's right. and like, for me to be like, I did seven minutes and I'm so depleted. <laughs> like, who am I? <laughs> I know. It's what my journey. Where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Um, but, Yes. They keep doing it. They keep getting up. And that's, the, you got to keep the energy going. It's like you, inertia. Is it inertia? Is that what, but if you, mm-hmm. if you stop and take too much of a breath and too much reflection, you're like, you're dead in the water. You got to kind of keep, mm-hmm. keep moving, you know, and go get, that's go right. get on stage again. Go do another open mic. Keep writing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's the good ones, man. They're on the road and then they go to the store and do, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. They, like, keep doing it. It's just a muscle, you know? Yeah, I really appreciate that. It's funny because when you were talking just now about that, I thought you meant, like, when you're on stage and you're having that feeling of, like, oh, did that work? And you kind of pause for a minute and you're like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. But then I'm like, oh, no, that's mm. it's both, you know, it's both. you got to just keep going, you know, on and off the stage just to keep that muscle moving, keep yourself focused forward, keep yourself focused forward. And I honestly, personally, I have a real hard time with that. I just like, I, it's like, I'm on such a roller coaster doing comedy, man. Like I've talked to people about that too, that it's like, it's the greatest high I've ever had. And that same day, it's it's like, I've been, I've been slowly going down, 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 down this like path of self, condemnation self-hatred on the day of my show and then the day of my show I'm like I'm a fucking superstar I got this shit I'm funny and this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and everyone thinks I'm so funny and you know but it's scary too because you have to be aware that your ego is like doing all of that all of the up and all of the down you know so I'm just yeah 
I got to figure out how to manage all of that better. And well, I'll tell you what I started was this year. I said a friend of mine in the program was like, do you want to do a 90 and 90, which in the program is 90 meetings in 90 days. Uh-huh. A lot of times that's what they'll suggest if you're a newcomer and you're just getting sober, like do 90 meetings in 90 days so you just en- engross yourself into it and okay. and and absorb it and like understand it and don't think too much or just moving, moving, moving. And so I said yes mm-hmm. and then I told myself, well, what are, you, what are you doing? Like comedy is what you want, right? So why don't you do that same thing for your comedy? And so I was like, fine, Dang I'll girl. do 90 mics in 90 days. Dang and girl. then you don't have this doubt, this time to be like, Dread. oh God, what am I doing? Is this, or, or like all the time to, to make a show such a big deal because yes. you're working, man. You got stuff going on. Like, Shows don't have to be a big deal if you've been doing something every single day, you know? Yeah, I'm so inspired by that with you. That's a big reason why I wanted you to have you on the show, not only because you're super funny, but I just see you really working, really putting yourself out there. <clears throat> it's like a whole And it's not easy. I just I have learned from my program in AA that, like, you just say yes. If someone asks you to speak, you say yes. If someone asks you to sponsor them, you say yes. You know, like... You mm. keep saying yes, and that's what I was like. I have to be uncomfortable. So the two things I'm focused on this year are contrary action and acceptance. And contrary action is getting uncomfortable because what mm. I want to do is stay comfortable. I want to cool. stay in this status quo. This like, but it's not interesting, and it's not what I really want. And not my higher self. It's just my, I guess, reptilian brain or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. and so contrary action is, I'm doing a mic. I just signed up for it. I guess I got to go do it, you know, and and just go and say you're doing something and live up to it, you know. That's amazing. And then it forces you to grow and evolve and become yeah, more than you because then you have to do this open mic that fucking sucks, let's just say, because open yeah. mics suck. But you have to live through a feeling of like, you're not going to laugh. And I'm going to do some shit, even new stuff that I hope is funny, but you're probably not going to laugh anyway, but I still do it. And then I'm, I live through it and I'm stronger. And it's like, oh, when they do laugh, you're like, ha ha, this is amazing. You know? Yes, it really is. And the open mics, I just kind of want to share a little bit. Like, I think for me anyway, the open mics suck because it tends to be people who are just wanting to try out new material or try out being a comic rather than people who are there to be entertained. Whereas when you do a real show, people have bought a ticket, have had a couple drinks, they're getting loosened up by professional, different energy, experienced comics in an environment where the energy is all about um, laughter. So yeah, the the crowd is way tougher, but we got to keep doing it. And it's great, you know, to keep reminding each other why it's valuable to, to get up there, even though it feels like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, you can't, I've realized, like, I can't let an open mic dictate anything, whether it's funny, whether mm-hmm. I should be doing this, because mm-hmm. I'll do something that ki- has killed and I know is a good joke and it works, and I'll do it in an open mic and nothing. And I'm like, yeah, all right, well, that's cool. You're you're worried about your set, and that's fine. That I'm just saying it, too. repetition, and yep. it's in my, my body, and, you know, it's, 
I've tried to change my relationship to open mics because I was really, it was, it was making me hate stand up. Like, I don't like this because yeah. if I don't like the journey, all I like is the, the result, the show, then what am I doing? And I'm like, Oh, you got to reframe this or, mm-hmm. you know, that's smart. That's smart because I think, you know, we do tend to hear things like, you know, it's not about the destination it's the journey. And that is really valuable but that doesn't mean that every moment of your life is going to be fun and rewarding. Right. No. You also have to do the dishes and wash the laundry yeah. too. You know, you have yeah. to get, you have to do the things that you have to do in the journey. Well, when you work out, not, I mean, some people love it and it's amazing, but like, do they love it every single time? Like, no, <laughs> you know, it's work. Right. It's work. <laughs> That's why they call it working out. <laughs> yeah, but you love right. the result, and and even if it's just a mind a result in your in your brain, but if it it makes you feel good after, and it you know it's that's the same as open mics or shows because some shows are like fuck, I have to do it in some weird place where, you know, they don't want some cabbage patch kid looking girl talking to them about the south or i don't know you know like that's what my brain will do like they're not gonna think i'm funny oh my god oh my god oh my god that's amazing that's amazing but then i can turn it around and be like they're gonna love this cabbage patch motherfucking kid talking about the south (laughs) like like let's do this with a black with a black girl's name like let's go (laughs) whatever and then that's fun. So it's just oh like a reprogramming your brain. <laughs> oh, I have a chance to look at blonde girl with a black girl's name. <laughs> oh, my God, I love you. Oh, well. That's so fun. Okay, so we're getting close. We just have about five minutes left, but I, I have a really, um, like, very serious question for you, which is just kind of developed on the, in the, on the spot okay. um, from the conversation that we're having. But, you know, I think so many people want to do stand-up, but there's so much fear around it. And, like, since I've been doing it, so many people have said to me, oh, I've always wanted to do that, you know, but I, I'm too scared or I couldn't ever do it. I could never. And that's what I used to say before I started. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I could never do that. And people were telling me you should do stand-up, and I was like, oh, I could never. I could never. I could never. Um, but it wasn't really until I started to realize that I was hearing my mother's voice come out of me you know that was like people used to tell my mom before she passed away you should do stand-up and she would say oh I could never and I knew as I was starting to say it I knew what my mom was saying was I couldn't because I'd be too scared because I'd be too exposed it would be too vulnerable I would be too anxious and that's exactly what I felt you know but then I realized Mm -hmm. actually my mom my mom actually cannot do comedy because she doesn't have a body but <laughs> I can <laughs> she can do but it can. through you through you she could do it through me and I couldn't do it for her in a sense yeah you know and this is my chance so you know looking at these kind of painful things that we've gone through and like the fear of losing a parent the fear mm-hmm. of doing stand-up comedy the fear of being raped and coming out about it and being vulnerable and seen and all that. Do you think that, so this is my question, all of that to say, (laughs) what is my question? All that to say, do you think that um, like facing the pain of our lives, facing the fears of 
or going through really hard things makes it sort of easier or sort of like possible to go through something as vulnerable as coming out as a comic? I mean, it's, it's when I first did my first stand up thing a year ago uh, in the belly room, like I had been on stage before I'd done, written a one woman show. I'd been all by myself. It was so mm-hmm. scary. It was so scary, but I knew it was going to be. I remember mm-hmm. how scared I was before. I I did pranayama breathing, and I I just knew, like, that's just a feeling, and and that's going to be there. Like, they're just feelings. It's just a feeling. And, like, I've, you know, mm-hmm. when you've gone through a lot, like, you're like, I lived through, like, being a drunk, being overweight, and being raped, being... Like, this is mm-hmm. words. Like, they can't kill me. Exactly. These are just words. Like, it, you kind of have to, you know, and your ego totally. is what's telling you that, right? And it's just yeah. what you've heard. But, like, I had people tell me, you should do stand-up. You should do stand-up. And it, it just finally, like, and I, my manager actually what, said, I want to represent you. Before I'd ever done stand-up, she was... I waited on her, and she was like, Whoa. I believe in you. She Whoa. was like, you should do stand-up. And then having someone believe in you that, you know, it just helped me to go, thank you, okay. And then I felt like, fuck, I guess I got to do this. But it yes. helped, you know. Amazing. Oh, my God. So I, I just so think good. you should do anything. Like, why, if you're scared of it, you should absolutely do it. I mean, if you're scared yes. of it. Like, if you're scared of like shooting somebody, maybe you shouldn't do that. Like, don't shoot people. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, be afraid of that. Definitely be afraid. Be, afra- of that. be very afraid to shoot people <laughs> and don't do that. But like, just I agree. Like, I hear you. It's, it's an energy. It, even if you suck, right? You get no mm-hmm. laughs. You can be like, I fucking did it. That's but right. I did it. But I did it. And you have That's such right. a confidence about yourself. Yeah, it sucks to bomb and get no laughter, but you still can be like, "All right, I did it," and then do it again. I, I think I, I think you have to bomb in a way. Like somebody oh, told me do. that once before. Like all great comics bombed at some point, if not at several times. It's almost like you gotta just like have something go wrong while you're driving a car, so you know that you can overcome it. You gotta have something go wrong in life, so you know you can overcome it. And then once you do that fear is done. Like, you're like, I've been through bombing. I was okay. I survived. We're living, I survived. Like, Bobby Lee says you got to bomb a hundred times before you're a real comic or something like that. And, oh, what? a lot of times. That hurts my heart. That is uncomfortable so many times. But then you talked about Theo Vaughn, and I watched his podcast where he said, Bobby and I did this health show like for these rich people this house like where they did a private thing and he said me and bobby took an l like took a loss and like they bombed like theo vaughn and bobby lee bombed what but then you're not for everybody your comedy is not for everybody and and it's like he and and bobby lee was and i think probably theo too were up at the store the next night doing their shit like that's not gonna they're not gonna change their act or doing it you know it just wasn't, right. that wasn't the right crowd for them. They still got paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they cashed that check. 
right. you gotta you gotta find you just gotta keep keep getting up, man. That's the keep biggest lesson, up, man. right? That is that's yeah. gonna be the name of this show. Keep getting up. Getting so up. I, keep getting I wanna up. just wrap up with you here, Monique. I appreciate you so much being oh, on the thanks, show with us too. today. Yeah, oh my gosh. This has been so beautiful. I love keep getting up. I, I was thinking I was gonna name this show What's So Funny because we're talking about what's funny and what's funny, but I love keep getting keep up. Keep getting just, up. I like it. Keep yeah. getting up. It's There's so many different ways to apply that in, in life and like what a great opportunity to look at that is like it's funny and it's fun and it's about life. And so thank you so much, Miss Monique Jones. Yes, Ms. ma'am. Monique thank you, Jones. Jones is appearing live and uh, <laughs> regularly. Can Do you have a website you want to share with people where um, they can find you? I need to. I need to get those. I need to delegate that to someone. Um, your manager. So your manager. Yeah, but I do. I'm in, on Instagram. I post about my stuff. So at Monique Jones Eleven. Great at Monique Jones Eleven on Instagram. She'll be yeah. at the Comedy Store in the Famous Belly Room at, on February 27th. That's next show coming up. I'm Jenna Grayson, and I just had my show last Friday, and it went really, Woo! really well. Oh, that's so, so grateful to, to everyone. Yeah, we sold. Oh, and I have a podcast. Waiting. Oh, you have a podcast called My, my First, first time. time. Yeah, and it's, so it's, look dope. it's dropping tomorrow. Is the first one dropping so tomorrow? Out. Talking yeah, about baby. different things that people have as their first time. We'll have you on. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I'll have to yeah. figure out something I did for my first time. I have a lot of those. <laughs> I have a lot of them. But anyway, um, thank you so much, Monique Jones. Thank, thank you, you BBS. Yeah, thank you to BBS Radio and our producers, Doug and Don, the cutest twins around. Um, you can find this show uh, on bbsradio.com as well as iTunes, iHeart, and Google something. Google <laughs> Listen? What the heck is it called, Doug? Google. Google Play? Google Play. Google Play. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, and that's us for today. We are the you're listening to the Hypnotic Comic. I'm Jenna Grayson. Our uh, guest today is Monique Jones, and we are here live and in person every Woo. Monday at noon. And it's been a blast. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Mwah. Mwah. Peace.